Telling you, all we got to do is just schedule the picnic. It's rained, I think, every year. We try to do it later because we kind of start getting away from the summer rains, but I don't know. We need the rain, don't we? Yeah, it rains a blessing. Tells us in his word that it'll, it'll rain when, it, when he wants to send rain, and we just receive it. So we're just going to get all snugly and cozy in the rooms together and eat together. So if you didn't know it, you came on the right Sunday because there's homemade desserts back there. There's homemade sides, and we're going to be grilling hamburgers and hot dogs, and it's all free. So stick around and eat. You're invited. Uh, so it's part of our vision. This is part of the relating and reaching um, today with us eating together. And how many of you know good old Baptists in Tennessee love to eat? We love to eat. And if you didn't know, Wednesday nights we are eating. <laughs> uh, and we're not trying to get you to come to a meal so you'll come to service. Eating is the service. We're just getting together and eating and fellowshipping and getting to know one another. We've, we're having a small group meet 30 minutes before at 6 o'clock if you'd like that. And it's growing. It's been full both weeks. So I want to encourage you to come. Um, I kind of feel like the Lord's dropped in my heart uh, uh, an idea for how to start applying this vision to Wednesday nights. I don't know if I'm going to get to it today. I haven't talked it over with, I've emailed my staff this weekend, but I haven't talked it over with my deacons. It's just something that the Lord's putting in my heart for us to look at Wednesday nights a little bit different, for us to look at them in an outreach-minded uh, way. Um, uh, let me see if I can get to it. We've been talking about vision this the last four weeks, and today we're going to end um, end it. We are not ending the vision. We're just ending the series on vision. We are not going to now remove the glasses and go on to the next thing. Nope, this is going to be the, the glasses that we're going to be looking through. As the Lord gives us vision, we're going to continue to follow that. Amen? Amen. We're going somewhere. And we've come to a point, and we've got to have vision. I have gone through my life with no vision. Most of the time when I do that, I don't realize it until I'm lost, and I don't know how to get out. But it's not fair to not know where you're going. And the Lord says, if you'll just ask him, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. He wants to lead you somewhere. He has a place for you to go. And Church on the Hill, he has a place for us to go. Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Families, you need to have vision. Students, you need to have vision. Parents, you need to have vision. Men, women, everyone that's human, you need to have vision. Everybody say amen. Uh, there was a quote that says, If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. So aim at something. God's giving you vision. He will give you vision if you ask. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Now, if everybody's got a bulletin, inside your bulletin is our vision. Um, someone's asked me to do a uh, magnet, a uh, refrigerator magnet. Um, we're working on it. We haven't started it yet, but we're, we're working on it. We, we want to get this thing out. We want to have it up. I want to know if God gives me vision, I need to have that in front of me at all times. Amen? Because if I don't, my vision kicks in, not God's vision. And so many times, I will tell you, as I get older, my vision gets worse. Anyone else? Anybody have to get reading glasses? 
Well, mine's gone the opposite direction. I need to take mine off to read. I don't know what God's doing with me, but it's backwards. I've always felt like things have been backwards with me. But what's our vision? Let's go back over it. It's on the walls, but here it is again. is to be a loving family that seeks to be transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. Reaching our community through genuine relationships as we share that hope that we have found in Jesus. Can you buy in? We want to be a loving family. Today, I had a first-time guest say, if all you do is just come in here and worship with us and rejoice with us and then connect with us as a family around a dinner table, then I think we've done our job. We just want you to know that we believe in the Word of God. We believe in the blood of Jesus. We believe in the Holy Spirit, and we believe in eating. Somebody say amen. And we're going to eat. And we're probably going to have, we were supposed to have all these games outside. I think we're going to have some games afterwards. If you'll just stick around, don't eat and bail. Don't, don't eat, don't dine and dash. Uh, stick around if you can and connect with us. We're going to have some pretty funny things to, to go on. But if you notice, key words up here are transformed, family, reaching our community, genuine relationships. I want you to know that as Jesus started his ministry, he started building relationships. He picked out 12 and he started to pour into them and walk with them. They did everything together. They knew each other. And it's so important that we begin to build lasting relationships. But as we unpack this vision and start to get it down on the ground and start to walk with it, 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 so many times it's easy to put a vision on the wall but never do it. But as we start to get this down on the ground floor and walk it out, we're going to do it through worshiping, through equipping, through relating, and through reaching. We've gone over the first three over the last few weeks. Pastor Justin last week just did an incredible job with relating. Amen? Amen. His heart is in relation, is in relating to one another. But finally today we're looking at reaching. Reaching is the purpose of the church. It's not the only purpose, but it is the purpose of the church is to reach. It's not to come in here and to have our hands in here to ourselves. It is to stretch our arms out and to reach. What reaching means is to stretch out an arm in a specific direction in order to touch or grasp something. In the most basic definition is for us to reach out like an arm being reached out in a specific direction in order to touch or grasp something. That is what the church is supposed to do, is to get filled up here and begin to reach out and touch those that are outside of us. Not stay focused inward. Matthew 28, 16. I've gone over this so many times over the last few months. Reaching. Let's keep going. Matthew 28, 16. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. That is very important. Jesus has said, go up here. The guys have followed him. And now he said, hey guys, if you didn't know, I've been given all authority. Therefore, I've been given all authority. Therefore, go and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands I've given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
So what is that saying? It's saying you, say I, say me, go. Jesus said, I've been given all authority, therefore, go and make disciples. Who, church staff? It does include us. Church body, yes. Go and make disciples, teaching them. So are we supposed, are we supposed to teach? We're supposed to teach. And then he follows it up as he followed up the previous verse saying, now as you go and do this, I'm with you. And don't forget, I've been given all authority. I'm with you. The one with all authority is with you. So when you go, I'm with you. As you begin to reach and as you begin to disciple and as you begin to teach, I'm with you. When you have that moment around the water cooler and you can feel the Lord coming on you to minister to this person, what you need to go back to is recognize God called me to do this and he's with me. So go. You know what that means? Go ahead and do it. Just go ahead. He's with you. Open up your mouth and try. Do you know God can't direct your steps if you don't take one? He will direct your steps, but you do the stepping. It doesn't say God will take your steps for you. He says he'll direct your steps, but you have to step. So when you're around that water cooler, when you're sitting down at lunch, when you're working on the line, when you're out picking weeds with your brother next whatever Sunday that we're Saturday that we're having this work day, and the Holy Spirit comes on you to just ask somebody what's going on in their life, and all of a sudden they dump, just hell showed up at their door, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't handle that. Wait a minute. The Lord who has all authority is with me. Let's engage. Tell me about what you're going through. Okay, I've never been through that. Can I pray for you? I know somebody that's been through that. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. You ride a motorcycle. He rides a motorcycle. Come here and talk to him about your motorcycle. Hey, you used to be a cop. A chip. Poncherello. I'm not kidding. He used to be California Highway Patrol. So, beware. Don't get on to my sound guy. He'll light you up. Really? <laughs> no, just kidding. But do you see? Go. All authority has been given to the Lord whom is with you, whom is in me. When I received Christ, he came into my life. I received his spirit. And when I receive his spirit, I receive all of that authority. He's with me. Somebody get excited. Thank you, Jonathan. That's what I'm talking about. But do you know they had to build relationship? They had to be equipped and then given authority. He had built relationship. He had equipped them. And now he's telling them, okay, all authority has been given to me, and I'm still with you. Even though I'm leaving, I'm with you. We've equipped you. We've given authority. Do you, do you notice what else it said? I don't know if anybody caught this. If we go back one verse. Can you go back one verse, Mikey? I feel like we almost can't cover everything. Verse 17, when they saw him, they worshipped. They worshipped, they got equipped, they built relationship, and now they're being called to go. Can you see on, the, on our vision? Right here in Matthew 28, I think it sums up every one of those. So, 
You, the church, go and make disciples, baptizing. You mean I'm supposed to baptize somebody? Yeah, you. Isn't that the funniest thing ever? Me, baptize somebody? I'm surprised the church didn't fall in when I walked in the door. I'm supposed to baptize someone? Yes, you. Those disciples, they were, they were no different than you and me. They were, I don't want to say the scum of the earth, but I think we all could, could relate to being the scum of the earth. It says in, in God's word that we're dirt. We're supposed to baptize somebody and re- reach somebody for the Lord? Yes, you. You think you're disqualified because you think that qualifies you. That's you. God came for you. He came for you to be equipped and to go. You know what it says? One, uh, if you flip over our vision, one of, the, um, one of our key principles is the good news is good, and it's so good we can't help but pass it along. What God has done in your life, what God has done for you, how he has died, gave everything for you, how he has saved you. This morning we sang, uh, Mighty to Save. You know, it said that he came and he gave everything for me, just like I am. He didn't wait for me to change. He gave everything to me, just like everything for me, just like I was. And that news is so good, I can't keep from telling you about it. You're struggling, you're so down, you're in a hole, you're, you're depressed. Well, let me shine some light on you for just a second. There is truth to be learned. There is hope to be received here. Why? Because the Spirit of God is here. Because the body of Christ, a main point of the gospel, the body of Christ is here. And in this place there is hope. And it's so good I can't keep from sharing it with you. 2 Corinthians, it says that we have to go. 2 Corinthians uh, verse 10. It says to go into the nations, to make disciples of all nations. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 10 verse 13. But we will not boast beyond limits, but will boast only with regard to the area of influence God has assigned us to reach even you, to even to reach even to you. For we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you, for we were the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. Next verse. We do not be boast beyond the limits in the labors of love, but our hope is that your faith increases. Our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. What is that saying? Pastor Justin last week talked about how you're not supposed to reach 5,000 people. You're supposed to reach, as this scripture just told us, our area of influence. Do you know that you reach people that I could never reach? You reach people that probably no one else could reach. Only you. You have a circle of influence, and it says we don't, we, we don't wear ourselves out trying to reach beyond our area of influence. We work among our area of influence. For instance, um, I'll just call out my daughter, and I, she's got one of her teammates here, high school student, uh, volleyball player. Um, she has an area of influence. She's got friends outside of volleyball. She's a part of the play. She's a, both my daughters are a part of uh, Beauty and the Beast. There's an area of influence there. They've got those friends. Then they've got their volleyball friends. Then they've got the coaches. Then they've got their church friends. Then they've got their non-group friends. A pretty big group area of influence. And then if she goes to Young Life or goes to some other areas, there's other circles, small little circles. And what's so awesome is she's got a coach that's spirit-filled, loves the Lord, and is, speaks out about it. 
you poor girls had to go to a tournament yesterday, and I heard y'all had a seven-hour break, and the coach made them turn their phones in during the break. I'm like, why? My daughter goes, exactly. Why? Because she wanted us to connect with each other. Seven hours. Can you see that there are people around, around us that are trying to have positive impact on our families, on our kids? There are also influences that are not. Do you hear me? You have a realm of influence. That coach is positively influencing a group of people. I see it. I feel it. I heard it. The positive and the negative. But she had an area of authority. She could take it away, and she did. Parents, that's how you parent. You have an area of authority. You take away what needs to be taken away for their better good. Because God's given you authority. You've got an area of influence. How are you affecting it? It says that the Lord has filled us up to go. You have an area of influence. Now I'm going to show you. The woman at the well. Many of you know the story. If you don't know it, I'm going to try to give you a very quick summary. Jesus goes to, the, to a well to get water. He's by himself. He'd left the disciples. And here walks up a woman. Um, a woman that does not have a great background. She's had quite a few challenges. In fact, he says, can you give me some water? And they start talking. She says, you shouldn't even be talking to me. And he kind of asks a question about her husband. And she goes, I'm not married. And Jesus, I feel like it's pretty funny. The whole conversation is pretty funny because Jesus says, you know what? You're right. You're not married. You've been married four times, and the guy you're living with is not your husband. And I'm just like, oh. You know, the woman tried to, tried to make herself look what she was, and he read right through her and said, yeah, you told me the truth, but the truth is this. And he spoke into her life. He changed her life. She got saved right there at the well, and she went back home. Now, I want to pick it up in John chapter 4, verse 39. And it says that many of the Samaritans from that village, that's the village where the woman came from, she got, she got changed by Jesus in this interaction, went back home, and it says uh, many of the Samaritans from the village committed themselves to him because of the woman's witness. This woman had been leading a life of sin. She had been in the wrong place at the wrong time, happened to just show up with Jesus standing there, and Jesus calls her out, saves her, does not condemn her, sets her free, and off she goes. In fact, if you remember, the apostles came up and said, what the heck's going on? She got uncomfortable and took off. The church showed up, drove her off, and she went back to her hometown and saved a city. She did. What Jesus did in her saved that city. That's us. We walk in here with a bad past. You guys think you have a bad past? I'll stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with you. I've got a past. I got a woman. No, never mind. I'll stop that song. No, way over town, that's good to me. Oh, yeah, I wanted to sing that, but I started thinking, wait a minute, that's not a good song to sing. 
I've got a past right behind me. It's not good. But I want you to know that the Lord saved me regardless of that past. He saved me in spite of that past. He saved me even though he knew. He knew what I was going to do. He knew what I was going to do after. And he gave everything for me. Because of what happened to that encounter to that woman at the well, and if you've received Christ, you've had that encounter, you've got to go back to your city and tell somebody. That's all she did. And I want you to catch what it says here. Many of the Samaritans from that village committed themselves to him because of the woman's witness. This is what she said, quote, he knew all about the things I did. He knows me inside and out. He knew me, and yet he still gave me everything. He offered me living water. And I can't explain to you how it's worked, but I can tell you I'm changed. This woman going back to her city, and they know her. They know something's changed. And do you see what's happened? They've responded. Now, if you continue to read the story, they say, we've heard enough of your story. We want to hear it for ourselves." Do you see what she did? She led them directly into the presence of the Lord. They then got hungry and went and found Jesus to hear his message. Church, that's the reaching. Taking what the Lord has done. You know, when she went back to her city, do you know that she spoke her, their language? She didn't go back speaking Jesus' language. She went back speaking their language. She went back to talk to her people. Look what it says in one of our other core values. That God deserves our very best. God deserves our... Mikey, help me out. God deserves our very best. We are passionate about creativity and relevance in reaching our culture. We have to reach the world where they are. We have to speak their language. We cannot go into the world and speak church language. Do you hear me? We've got to meet them where they are. Do you know when Jesus saved you, he met you where you were. Even though you didn't know every scripture, even though you didn't know the right things to say, what is so funny is to get in a life group of a new Christian and some words come out of their mouth that typically don't come out in church. <laughs> I'm like, right on. I would have never said that or said it that way. But you know what? You're speaking your language, and I hear you, and I'm not going to reject you. Now, if you're using four-letter words that we would typically not use in a classroom setting, then we're going to kind of steer back away from that, but I'm not going to throw you out of that room. I'll be the first to be thrown out. Y'all hang around me long enough. Dr. Jeff Plant and I went down the river one day, and I made a couple wisecracks, and he's like, oh, <laughs> I'm getting to know you a little bit better. I'm like, yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, so, come on, honey. Yeah. You guys welcome my wife. Amen. Amen. I just wanted to reiterate something that um, when thinking about this reaching and where we are as a church body and as believers in our communities, um, Pastor Paul defined that word and it said, um, what did it say? To stretch out or extend so as to touch or meet. That was one of the, the um, definitions that you used. And I'm just going to say, and I kept looking behind me, looking for the Oling houses, who I did not see. I'm guessing they're working somewhere or on a trip. But Barb and Bill 
years ago, and by the way, they're really gifted at um, health ministries. And one of the things that Barb said to me over and over as I was working with her on outreach things was she said, it's just a touch. We just touch. And, you know, until you said that today, I had never in my mind connected the definition of reaching as, as like, literally a little touch. And I was thinking about, like, even such simple things as taking up some money for the food ministry and coming over here and packing boxes. That's a touch. That's us reaching. And so I want to encourage you that I... You know, and as, as Pastor Paul's been talking today, like, yeah, let's baptize people in the name of Jesus, and let's get them saved, and let's do something great for our community. But, like, if sometimes you just are placed at the right place at the right time, and it's just a touch. And I'm thinking about some of the people that I walk with daily that are completely different religions than me. I mean, completely, not just denominations. I'm talking... Hindu, Muslims, Buddhists, etc. These are the type of people I'm with all day. But guess what? Just a touch. God's love. Just a touch. And I watch God open up those opportunities. And maybe I'm not baptizing them all in the name of Jesus daily. Yet. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yet. Yet. But it's a touch. And so as we're thinking about this, and it's been so good to me. It's been so good to me today. <laughs> Um, isn't that good that I can feel that way about my husband? So thank you, Jesus. Um, yay, right on. But, you know, it's like you just stand in this place and you think, you know what? We're reaching a community. And, and I want you to know what you do is significant. Those little touches. Those little touches are so significant. It's so significant. So be encouraged. Be encouraged as the Lord places you in places where you're just being little touches. Because you know what? Some sow. What is that scripture? Paul some says water, it. Some, some water, sow. some sow, some God reap. Gives God gives the increase. And so you never know what part you are there to play. So amen. Thank you. Okay. Way to go. So I, I, I will end with that in that sometimes, have, have you ever had someone that when you're hurting just comes up behind you and just places their hand on you and just says, I'm just here. I don't have any answers for you. I'm just here. I'm just going to hug you. I'm just going to, just, just when my wife sometimes just places her hand on me, it makes me rethink, where am I going? Where, where is she? What is she saying? Just a touch. All my children sometimes needs for me is just a touch. But if I don't, there's a disconnect. My child is desiring that touch. They're needing that touch. But if I don't, there's a disconnect. So I'm just going to share just for a second my heart on Wednesday nights. We have people from the street come off the street asking for money. Every single month, they go to church, to church, to church, to church, asking for money. And we've gotten to a point throughout stages of our of my pastoring this church where we give and sometimes we don't. We try to give one time a year. There's all these different ways of doing it. We've tried, Elizabeth wrote a whole kind of a structure of how to handle it. But what I would like to consider is when these people come in hurting is to possibly give them a meal ticket for their entire family to come on Wednesday night and eat. 
and connect with a family and sit down and get to hear what they're going through. Now, maybe we give them some money, maybe we don't, but we're there to hear what their problem is and to give them a place to sit down and eat and to get literal fed and to get spiritually fed. And maybe they turn their hearts and give it to Jesus. Maybe they don't, but we hear it and then we follow up with them. And you may be the person sitting next to them. And you may be the one that needs to connect to them. God sits them beside you on purpose. Not because you all have all the answers, but because he is with you and he's called you. Now, can you imagine Wednesday night service being that open to the public that we're just handing out free meal, meal cards? Maybe you meet somebody through the week and you invite them to a meal. You give them a ticket. It's not going to cost them anything. They just come in and eat. And we see that card and say, hey, tell me. Tell me what you're going through. What's going on in your life? And you have to listen. And you have to follow up. Okay, I don't have the answers, but I will begin to pass this to the next person, and we will follow up with you this week. And do you know what they leave with? Hope. They leave with hope. And do you know as a church, that's really all that we have to offer is hope. We have hope knowing that the Lord will meet your need, knowing that the Lord is with us, and we have to get outreach-minded. Would you? What, can I just encourage you guys to get on board with where we're going? Um, someone got confused. If you flip over and look at those core values, I'm going to end with this one. This is my second ending. And you know we're feeding you, so I don't feel like I'm in a hurry. I can just preach all day. Um, the suggestion box is next to your or. It's not a typo. We didn't leave off a D for door. The suggestion box is next to your or. It's a picture of a whole church that gets in a boat together and everybody grabs an oar and starts rowing. And if you've got an idea, come to us and pick up an oar and be a product of helping to get that pulled off. Don't come and tell us all these things that we need to do and then go leave and wait for us to go do them. Nowhere in the Word of God do I read that that's what my job description is. My job description is to help make a team that can function as a body, not me do all the work. So if you've got a suggestion, pick up an oar and let's get to rowing together. But we need you. We need you to pick up an oar in your area, in your area of influence, in your area of giftedness. Do you know, and I didn't get to it today, God's gifted you for the church. God's gifted you for the church. You have a purpose here. And when you start to find that, rather than just coming on Sunday mornings, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. And that's what we desire. To be a loving family that seeks to be transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. Reaching our community through genuine relationships as we share the hope that we found in Jesus. Now, as I pray and we dismiss and we go out to eat, I want to ask you right now, if you're hurting and you need help, sit down next to someone. Church, ask the people next to you how they're really doing. Do not go through, man, it's raining. Isn't that wild? Yeah. You doing okay? Good. Yeah, you good. Okay. Open. Open up and care. 
open up and care and give the Lord a chance to work through you. It's going to be incredible. Amen? Let me bless you. And I'm going to ask Joyce Key to come up and take us to the next step. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for vision. I thank that you have given this body vision. Lord, I ask that we would begin to walk through um, those eyes that you have given us, that vision that you have given us, and that you would show us the next step. The deacon board, my leadership, my staff would begin to see how to implement and to walk out what it is that you've called us to do through worship, through equipping, through relating, and through reaching. Lord, I thank you for a a picnic today. I thank you for those that have worked so hard on the food. Lord, I ask you to bless that food. Lord, multiply it. Lord, make Wednesday nights an outreach for this city where people can come in here and eat and get their bellies fed and get hope. That we would genuinely grab hold of this and the families that may have been considering coming on Wednesday nights would come because there is a purpose to reach. Lord, help us. Help us be impacting according to your word and your desire for this church and for our city. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.